It's lovely to have your company and a very warm welcome to our service this morning. We're recording today in St. Catherine's Gosainan. It's lovely to have Dan read for us, one of our wardens. Elizabeth is going to be helping us understand that reading a little bit better. And later in our service, Rob is going to be leading us in prayer. I hope that you're blessed as you spend your morning with us today. As we begin our service, let me pray the special prayer of the Church for today on all of us, the Collect. Almighty God, you made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Pour your love into our hearts and draw us to yourself. And so bring us at the last to the heavenly city where we'll see you face to face. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. This reading is taken from Mark chapter 9, verses 38 to the end. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you 
Give him a cup of water because he belonged to the Messiah. I tell you the truth. That person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large milestone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
the message we got from the gospel today. Well, we see the disciples still haven't understood what Jesus told them that was going to happen to him and that they feel there is still an issue with them and us. They just don't get what Jesus is teaching them. These days, we know that there's been a poor upheaval in political lives of many countries. There's always bound to be strong feelings and adherence to membership of a group or party, whether political, national, religious, or ethnic. This can, however, be detrimental to others. Where we place ourselves in the field, as others can be held hostage, so to speak, to the group's demand. This can lead to an atmosphere where more and more people talk about us and them. Immigrants versus long-settled residents, minorities versus majorities, rural against urban dwellers, the list goes on and on. When we look more closely at ourselves and how we create meaningful and diverse communities where we can live and thrive, we feel we have identity and we need identity. In the reading from Mark, uh, he tells us that Jesus' disciples told him about a man who had not travelled with him, not travelled with them, but he's not one of us, they tell him, not one of us. But Jesus operates on a different kind of identity. He looks at what the man is doing, regardless of whether he's physically following Jesus and, the, and his disciples or not. No one disputes that the man is actually doing a good thing, doing something that is a sign of the kingdom. He's just not wearing the right team jersey. For Jesus, as Mark describes his ministry, the signs of the kingdom are visible and concrete. The hungry are fed, the naked are clothed, the deaf regain their hearing, and the mute regain their voices. The lonely and outcast are brought into the physical community. The rich are challenged to be generous, the religious to be open. The true disciples of Jesus are known by what they do in their daily lives more than they are known by the company they keep. We and they, us and them. They're not terms used lightly in Jesus' vision of the kingdom of God. Belonging to a Christian community is a means to learning how to behave as a disciple of Jesus so that we learn to believe in the kingdom as Jesus reveals it to us. Our gathering here Sunday after Sunday is intended to renew us with the strength of God and embrace us with the compassion of Christ so that we become agents of God, of his healing and reconciliation in the world. In Mark's account of Jesus' journey of ministry towards Jerusalem, he passes through the villages of Caesarea Philippi where he first announces his passion and resurrection. Then Galilee, where he talks of his passion and resurrection for the second time. And once again, the disciples misunderstand Jesus' messiahship, and again he teaches them about discipleship. The reading we heard today continues the theme of the disciples' misunderstanding, and when they saw 
uh, that someone was casting out demons in, the, in his name, he takes this as part of his teaching opportunity, saying, don't stop him. No one who does a deed in my name will be able to soon afterwards speak evil of me. The ongoing presence of evil takes all the resources possible. Whoever is not against us is for us, he says. Not only is Jesus' ministry against the power of evil, but it's a pattern for all who reach out in love to the neighbour. Serving our neighbours is not to gain reward, but to live in response to the neighbour and serving out of love and in the name of Christ. He is a special place for children and the powerless in his teaching. He gives a harsh warning against any of anyone causing these little ones to fall and that you are better off with a millstone around your neck and being thrown into the sea for doing this. Also, there's a reference to maiming, removal of an offending eye, hand or foot for doing so in order that you can enter heaven rather than go to hell. Although extreme, his words are a way of showing us not to stop those weaker than ourselves in some way from following Christ. There's a word of hope when Mark quotes from Isaiah and the prophet's words of judgment set in the context of promise and hope. Calling God's people to worship and pray and the vision of the power of evil separating the unrighteous from God's glory. In light of these words of promise and judgment, Mark calls for Jesus' teaching to be the salt of the world. If we, are the, are, as the people of God and followers of Jesus, lose our purpose to honour and worship the Lord and serve one another, we are like salt that has lost its flavour and its intended purpose. And we're no good and should be destroyed. In Mark's closing comments is the claim and promise of God. Jesus is called to live as God's intended purpose in creating us for life. Have salt in yourself and be at peace with one another, he says. This is the call, identity and promise of discipleship, which is the peace that Jesus offers to all his followers. We're called into universal fights against the power of evil and injustice and to serve our neighbour in love. We praise God, not only with our lips, but with our lives. As we work with others, whether of this community, the Christian community of faith, or of other faiths, or none, to make God's justice and kindness concrete in this world, even as we pray for the promise of the world to come. When we work, and walk with other Christians, or those of other faiths, or none, we confront the identity problem of them and us. But we must embrace the glorious diversity of humanity. Let's keep our eyes open and our ears straining to hear the sights and sound of God's kingdom being brought into being by those who may be strangers to us. And then, and let's make them our friends. Amen.
Let us now come before our Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we firstly come to thank you for the gift of your Son Jesus, our Saviour. We thank you for his life and example, obedient even to the point of death. We thank you for his resurrection that brings us such hope, for the gift of his own lifeblood that turns away the wrath that our failings have earned for us, and for the undeserved forgiveness and acceptance that is purchased for us. We would ask for the inner strength and ability to live a life worthy of our calling, that we may fulfil our role to live as salt and light in this darkening and unsavoury world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have the responsibility to watch over us, for the bishops who are seeking you for a new incumbent for our diocese, for Adrian, our priest, and for those who work alongside him in the local ministry. We ask that you grant them strength, guidance, and wisdom as they seek to undertake their various roles within our parish and diocese. Help us to follow their good example, endeavouring always to support them and our fellow brethren in a spirit and bond of family and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray also for our Queen and her family, and for all those who are appointed to exercise authority under her. Please grant them wisdom and inner strength of character, so that they can lead this nation through the troubled waters that we variously find ourselves in. The ongoing challenges of the COVID-19, the consequences of leaving the European Union, and of the associated difficulties that so many of our nation are facing at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for peace among the nations, looking to you to strengthen the humble and yet to discipline the proud, arrogant and self-seeking. We particularly remember before you the nation of Afghanistan at this time and the impact of the Taliban rule on its peoples. May we continue to pray that freedom will be ours to undertake the proclamation of your gospel as you've commanded us that we may make disciples of all nations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember before you those who give their time tirelessly to help others in all areas of our society. For teachers, food bank workers, and those who support the homeless, poor and needy. We remember also the hospital staff in their exhaustion and their ongoing faithfulness to their calling. Help us to also take our stand to support the downtrodden and oppressed around us, wherever we can, so that we may personally fulfil the instructions as given, so clearly in your word to render what assistance we can. And finally, we remember before you all of the sick, the infirm, the lonely, 
and those who grieve over the loss of loved ones. We pray for them, requesting that you be for them their healer, their comforter and provider, that they might know fully what it means to be living in the shadow of your wings and to have your everlasting arms supporting them in all aspects of their present need. May we faithfully hold for them the Christ light in this, their night time of need. Hear us, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord and through the blessing of your Holy Spirit, to you be all honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that you've been blessed as you've joined us online this morning. Do remember, though, that the churches are now open and you are able to join us face-to-face -face on site. And crucially, there's no longer need to book in advance. We hope to see you soon. We'd love to see you face-to-face. -face. But now, as another week begins, let me pray for God's blessing on us. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.